What's it like to share your message with the world through podcasting? What is your method for helping people and making a positive difference in the world? Hi, I'm Shelley Carney, Livecast coach and host of the Messages and Methods podcast. Join me as I share fascinating stories and insights from podcasting women I met at the She Podcast Live conference in Scottsdale, Arizona in October 2021. This series of interviews will provide the foundation of understanding of why women podcast today and how they impact the world through their voice and message. My guest for this conversation today is Laura Ivey. Laura is a director of research at Edison Research. She manages Edison's content strategies, including marketing and social media efforts, and is a part of the Share of Ear data team. Laura's career began in local radio and has always centered on audio in some form, including a combined 10 years with Arbitron and Nielsen, where she was an account director in the Southwest U.S. Sorry, Southeast U.S. for the audio division of Nielsen and a VP of radio sales for Arbitron Joint Venture, Scarborough Research. Laura is a graduate of the University of Tennessee and earned a master's degree in applied sociology from UMBC, the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, where her research focused on social media usage. Welcome, Laura. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, we're excited to have you today. Uh, Laura, you're one of the keynote speakers for the conference today, closing out uh, today's event. Is that correct? It is. Yes. I'm on this afternoon talking about women podcast listeners. Um, a lot of the, the sessions are focusing on podcasters, and I'm going to be talking about the people who receive that content, awesome. those people who hear it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing that today. So Laura, please give our audience a snapshot of your background. So, you know, I've been in audio forever. I am in high school. I was a local radio uh, news person, drove to the station at four o'clock in the morning, uh, back when we had you know, things on uh, tapes that mm-hmm. needed to be erased with large magnets and so forth. Um, so I've been in audio a long time. And um, my career took me, um, fortunately, through um, New York and some time with Arbitron and Nielsen, where I got to really concentrate on on people who listen and what they do and what they're like. And, and Scarborough provided a look at, at um, you know, more qualitative things. Um, what do these people do and, and how they fill their time and what can we learn about listeners? Mm-hmm. So um, now at Edison, I, I really have the privilege of delving into research about um, consumer habits, digital habits, um, trends in the world. And, uh, you know, fortunately, the, the minds at Edison are, are so visionary that they know to track things like um, voice-enabled speakers and um, things that uh, YouTube's influence in, in music listening and, and things that might seem little at first, but we've watched these trends emerge. So um, it's, it's all audio, all audio. So do you feel excited when you work with these kinds of statistics? It, you know, maybe you shouldn't feel excited when you work with statistics. I think they're exciting. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, I think at Edison Research, we tend to geek out a little bit about when we, when we find something new. And, and um, you know, as, a, as our president, Larry Rosen, likes to say, you know, we, the goal is to put new knowledge into the world, to find mm-hmm. something that we didn't know before and put it out there. And, and things like um, looking at the impact of, the pandemic on audio listening and even our habits, how we start our audio day later, you know, at the height of the quarantine, we were starting our audio listening day, a full, you know, um, 
I think 115 minutes or I think it was an hour and 15 minutes, maybe later than normal. Hmm. Um, you know, our habits have changed and studying those is exciting. I find it exciting. Do you learn more about the culture as you're doing this work? You know, we, we do. I think we do. Um, and I think that it's a combination of the kinds of studies we do and really what our clients are interested in learning. So a lot of what motivates us obviously is when we have a client come and say, I'm really interested in looking at a certain thing. And then we can really go in and pinpoint, you know, we just finished a study. We released a Latino podcast listener report, and then we followed it up with a non-listener report. And we were, we were able to go in and do interviews with people who are our listeners to podcasts and then people who have never heard a podcast who weren't even really sure what a podcast was and being able to do those kinds of things definitely gives you an idea of what is happening in the world and how culture is being shaped by, by all these forces. So uh, let's talk about the difference between your role as a director of research at Edison and what is managing content strategies. Tell us about that. So that one, it, it makes me laugh a little bit because um, I think at some point, we're doing all of this work. We're doing a lot of research and a lot of really good findings. And at some point, unless you put that out into the world and unless you put it on social media and write a press release about it and do an article about it, um, people might not hear it and they might not know about it. So part of my job is to help sift through these studies that we do. Um, and, and so many people on the Edison research team do so much work um, that I, I, take a very small piece of it and help push it out along with other people at, at Edison who do the same thing, but push it out so, so it can be seen. And so you can then go to our website and say, here's an article on, you know, the best ways to, um, the best ways to reach listeners or the, the top 50, um, podcasts in the United States. So I help wrangle some of that information and put it out so the greater good can, can use it as well. And what changes have you seen in our culture that came from podcasting? So that's a really good question. So when we talk about, you know, a lot of what we talk about is consumption. We use the word consumption a lot. When we listen to things, we, we consume them. And part of consuming them is how you learn about them, how you access them, what makes you want them. Um, and so, you know, what is interesting is how um, the internet and how YouTube and how smart speakers have changed those things. So um, we have just as many people saying they find out about podcasts from friends and family as they do the internet. So we have people searching online. We have people getting recommendations from their friend or their aunt or, or um, whomever. And then we have people, you know, we, we, we've done these studies. We've, we did the um, smart audio report with NPR where we looked at voice-enabled speakers. And you have to look at how technology has really, we're, our lives are just ingrained with tech, whether we like to admit it or not, right? So you can say, well, I don't own a smart speaker. Well, have you ever talked to your phone? Have you ever voice texted? You're using voice-enabled technology. And, you know, smart speakers are a way for audio companies to reach you. And it's a way for you to consume audio products that you might have consumed in another way. So I think tech is definitely, you know, we could talk about smart cars and interfaces and, and depending on your age, right? When you get in a car, what's the first thing you do? I know my first thing I do is I'll adjust a, a radio knob or hit the Sirius XM button 
um, you know, my kids will reach for the aux cord. And um, so technology has definitely changed the way we interact with audio. Well, I'll give you one. Uh, I can't sit down for a meal without setting up my phone and, and starting a podcast. Uh, if, if, if I'm eating by myself, I don't do that with other people around. But Well, we have learned that people who listen to podcasts, and I'll be talking about that this afternoon, listen to a lot of them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you listen to any podcast, you're spending a lot of your time with podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I usually like to go on my walk and then uh, I always listen to podcasts while I'm on my walk. And then if I have some piece left over of that, then I'll sit down for breakfast and and I want to listen to the rest of it. That's funny about the walking because I think I became a walker when Serial was released. I suddenly needed to go on a walk, which Mm. I really didn't. I just needed to leave my family and have some time. Time alone. Uninterrupted to listen to the next installment of Serial. Interesting. Very good. So who are the prospective customers for your work? So, you know, Edison, although I've talked a lot about audio, we, mm-hmm. we also do consumer, um, we also do consumer polling. We do, um, we are the exit poll uh, collector of record for the national election pool in the United States. So if you sit around on election night and watch election returns with your friends, when you see a CNN election poll and ABC, excuse me, exit poll, ABC exit poll, we have collected that data. And Steve Kornacki is your best friend? Steve, you know, Steve <laughs> Kornacki, we, we always smile when Steve and his khakis uh, reads our data on TV. So that national election pool, they do use data that, that we collect. So we're, we're proud to be exit pollers, pollsters as well. Excuse me. Um, we also do brand lift studies. So, um, you know, if you have a brand and you want to understand better how people are reacting to that brand, we also do, um, part of our podcast consumer tracking study is a, a brand tracker. So we are asking you not just about what you're listening to, but about the ads you're listening to. So it's people who want to um, learn more about their podcast audience, audio audience, um, listener, consumer, any type of polling. Absolutely. There's a lot. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, when did podcasting become part of content strategies and why? So we started measuring podcasting. Um, I'm thinking of some of the things I'm showing today. So I, I'm actually showing a graph that when you look at in 2008, of all the um, uh, people in the United States, age 12 plus, 11% of them had ever listened to a podcast. And today that number is 57%. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where it just over the years, we have seen a steady increase every year we measure every quarter we measure and we're we're seeing the the uptick continue so all of these graphs and all of these trends that you see is a you know an upward an upward trend that's why it's been in the news it's been a lot of coverage about audio renaissance the power of podcasting you know and i think it took a while for advertisers to catch on um, but we think they're there now and paying attention so um we understand now that, that for podcasters and in thinking of the, the women at this conference and how it's part of content strategy, it is a little bit more complicated than just producing your product and putting it out there, right? So you have to think about where people are going to find you and how you can leverage your presence on social media. Um, if you have a, a visual presence, if you're on YouTube, if you can connect that visual with the audio, 
to pull people in. Mm-hmm. Speaking of women podcasters, have you noticed any differences in uh, behaviors between men and women listeners? So that's a that's a good one too because there are uh, in some instances, you know, um, it's very similar. As, uh, for example, um, what percent of your audio time? Um, in a day do you spend with podcasts? If you just look overall, it's about the same between men and women. But if you look at things like uh, women are more likely to listen to the ads. Hmm. So if you want to know who's skipping the ad, it is more likely to be a male listener versus a female listener. Um, Women, when, when we look at spoken word content for women and we break it out into news talk, um, audio books, personalities, Women spend more of their audio time with personalities and talk than men. Men spend more time with um, news, sports. Women, if you compare them, women spend a little bit more time with audiobooks and with personalities. So we know that women, um, we're social creatures, we are connected, and we crave that connection. And we can see that in, in some of the qualitative things. I'll be doing a qualitative video today where we hear from listeners, and you can just see how they connect with the content they're hearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. That's, that's helpful to, uh, to, to understand that. I think especially if you are a, a podcaster or be a uh, sponsor of a podcast, it's important to know, to know that. Um, why do you believe it's important for women to participate in podcasting? So when you look at the, I hesitate to use the word adoption, but when you look at um, let's say a few years ago, what percent of men had ever listened to podcasts versus what percent of women? It was a much higher percentage of men than women. And the gap is closing. So if you look at it today, um, I think the numbers are something like um, 43% of, of men in America have listened to a podcast. I think it's 39% of women, um, something very similar to that. And, and so the women are closing the gap. But podcasting started in a very tech-heavy kind of environment, a little a difficult to access. You had to know what it was. You had to know where to get it. Um, it, it was a little, it was ill-defined. Even when um, Tom Webster from Edison Research did a podcast movement um, keynote, I want to say 2018, we showed a video of people who had never heard of a podcast. They didn't know where it was on their phone. Um, they didn't know what the, you know, they didn't know they had the access to it. And so I think for women, part of, of just the nature of women in society is making sure you use your voice and exercising your voice. Because in many arenas that we don't have to go into, women haven't had an equal voice. So what's really nice about podcasting is that it opens up in a very equitable way. Access, women can produce, they can talk about whatever they want to talk about. It is a space where they can express. And um, and I think we appear to be over that initial adoption where it was just more tech heavy and it was a space for men. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I, I, I have to admit that my husband listened to podcasts way before I did. And, uh, Toby and I went to lunch with some friends uh, a few months back and the mom and daughter, uh, we talked to them about podcasting for themselves because uh, the daughter was into YouTube. The mom had just written a book. And so we said, you two would be perfect as a mother daughter podcast. And the mom was like, I'm not really sure I've ever listened to a podcast. And the daughter said, Mom, we've been listening to it in the car most of the way. And she explained to her what it was, what was a podcast. And she's like, Oh, oh, I do like podcasts. She just didn't know. Right. <laughs> she just right. didn't know. And she was already a listener. Exactly. 
from your perspective, what is important about this Chic Podcast Live conference? So this is my first time attending the conference, and I can already tell you from the opening keynote, first of all, I think I'm going to have to put together a stand-up routine because they're so clever. Right. Um, yeah, the opening keynote was you know, frightfully funny and wonderful. Um, I think it is important for, particularly for something like this, which can be done, frankly, in the basement of your home, mm-hmm. right? You can go buy the equipment, you can do, um, and you can get in a bubble. Um, I think it's really important that that all of these creators and producers are seeing each other in person, doing the things. And um, I find it, even though I'm not a producer or content creator, very inspirational to Mm -hmm. see all the energy and to see people together sharing ideas and, you know, and talking about what kind of voice do we want women to have and what, what are things that can be out there um, in the podcasting space. I think it's cute, too, because I was at uh, yoga this morning, uh, and uh, Elsie was teaching. And after uh, several people came up and wanted to take a selfie with her, you know, and treated her like she was a celebrity, and she was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> she is, isn't I think she's a celebrity. Because she right. has a podcast, right? That's right. And she's been in it a long time, of course, and working for Libsyn, she, she knows what she's doing. That's right. That's but, right. Um, and, and, and Libsyn has been instrumental in... Um, helping get the research out mm-hmm. with the Latina podcast listener report and, and understand the importance of, of research and, and going on with more than just um, gut or a small listener survey, but really doing the work to understand what's happening out there. Well, I'll tell you that uh, when the report came out and all the blogs and everybody was writing about, here's what it means and here's the, here's the statistics and you can go see the report here, we looked at it and we studied it a little bit and then we did our own uh, live cast about the research and, and what it meant and what it means for our audience and what it means for us. But how can you and your work help women podcasters? So there are many studies um, that we have done that are free to access. And just a plug, you know, we get nothing from from podcasters visiting the website and downloading the research. So uh, using the edisonresearch.com site, Googling some of the, the studies that we've done, podcasters can better understand. Let me give you an example. We did a study called Rookies versus Veterans where you looked at people who've been listening to podcasts for a very short period of time versus veteran listeners. How are they different? We, we did a study about super listeners. So what about people who listen five hours or more of podcasts in a week? And I understand for some people that's not many because they listen to, to many more. But, but how are super listeners different? You know, and one way we found is that half of them say the best way for advertisers to reach them is through that podcast. So rookies versus veterans, super listeners. Um, the free studies that are available podcasters should definitely, um, definitely access Tom Webster. Um, I mentioned earlier, Tom writes a, a newsletter called I hear things. So it's Tom Webster. I hear things, um, with, with just incredibly valuable insights into the space as someone who uh, participates in podcasts and maybe understands the space better than anybody. Um, he provides very valuable free insights for people. Um, the one thing that I, I do want to mention is that we have created something called the Edison Research Podcast Listener Survey. We do not, we ask for your email. We don't ask to know your name. You can just go to the site and download it for free. And it's a survey instrument. And you know, survey research, I think it sounds easy, like ask people mm-hmm. questions, right? 
But survey research, it, it is a, an art and a science, and it is, can be challenging. So this is a pre, uh, pre-created template that podcasters can use to measure their own audiences. And they can customize it, but it, it is a questionnaire that hits some high research marks and can be used uh, for survey research for podcasters. So um, I would encourage all podcasters to at least take a look at it and understand the kinds of information they can find from their their audiences to better understand them. And, and where do people find that? So it's at edisonresearch.com. You can also just Google Edison Research Podcast Listener Survey. That will get you there. And, um, you know, and, and some of the things about understanding your, your podcast um, and how to connect with those listeners. Um, one of the things that Tom brought up, up about at podcast movement was how to make your podcast recommendable. So not just having great content that people want to recommend, but is it easily recommendable? So if I want to tell you about a podcast, can I easily send you a snippet of information? Can I send you a link to something? Is there a nice visual? Is there, is it easy for me to share with you? Hmm. So thinking about how to make your podcast recommendable to your friends and family. Interesting. I like that. Uh, what, we're going to talk a little bit about social media and, and sharing out since you say, you know, recommendable and that's awesome. I, I like, I like that idea. What is the role of clubhouse and other social audio platforms in raising podcasting? So I think you've just asked a question that we have been asked a lot mm-hmm. in the past several months is like, what about clubhouse? What about social audio? What about where is that going? And, and what are, what people are doing? Um, we did a whole webinar on on Clubhouse, we did a study on Clubhouse. It is still a very small percentage of overall users. I think we, um, I, you know, we aren't in the business of predicting where that's going. But as far as where it is in the the overall landscape, we do measure that as part of our social habit syndicated product. So we have a little bit of information. We haven't released too many public data points aside from that one Clubhouse um, webinar. Um, I think it remains to be seen. I think um, I think we just need more. We need more information. Oh, since we're talking about the future, what can you tell us about the future of podcasting? So you know, we don't we don't like to make recommendations. Or we don't like to to predict the future. We, I can tell you what we see in the data that we're presenting now is um, all the data that we're seeing is growth data. We have not seen a plateau. We have not seen a slowing down. Um, everything that we've seen is incrementally growing. Mm-hmm. So we know that of all the audio that people listen to on a daily basis, um, you know, podcasting takes up 6% of it. That's for overall audio listening. We know that for people who are podcast listeners, right? So if you're a podcast listener, um, it approaches 30% of all your listening is to a podcast. So people who listen to podcasts listen to a lot of podcasts. So I've seen a statistic, and, and maybe you can correct it if it's incorrect, because I don't want to. I, I don't want to put out incorrect information. Um, but I've heard that about half of the two million podcasts out there have pod faded uh, after fourteen or less episodes. Is that is that true? You know, and I'm not the one. I don't have that answer. Mm-hmm. I know that that. Okay, um, I'm sorry. I, I can't answer that one for you. Um, so unfortunately, I can't help you with that one. Okay. That would be a that would be someone else. Okay. But. Well, we won't get into that with you then, because <laughs> I just want to make sure I'm I'm not spouting off incorrect information. It is it is shocking though how many podcasts there are available, right? right. 
Right. And there's, it seems like when one fades, two more pop up that take right. its place. So it, it, is, it seems to me to be growing. Um, what is the one area of research that you'd like to spend more time in? Oh, geez, all of it. Um, <laughs> you know, I think for me personally, as you mentioned, when you read the bio, I did some work in graduate school. It was all focused on social media. I think social media is intensely powerful. I think we're just now understanding how much of an impact it can have on our lives. Um, I have recently gone down the rabbit hole of TikTok. I had avoided even really looking at TikTok until recently. And I get it now. I mean, I don't want to say I get it, but I, I get it. And we, we know that from our recent data that TikTok has exploded. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when we put it on graphs a couple of years ago, we weren't even really sure uh, how to spell it. Is it capitalized? Is there a, sp- is there a space? And, and now we look at, at uh, how big it is. So I love all the research we do. I would love to spend more time looking at social media. It's one of those things that's difficult to... Uh, as researchers, you would say operationalize. It's, it's difficult to get at because you can't really ask a person how is social media affecting you because they don't know. Mm. So we have to measure other things and ask other things to try to understand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with it being in the news a lot lately, I think people have been asking themselves that question. Right. How is it affecting me? And am I this person? Right. Yeah. And am I bullying anybody? Am I, in my being, you know, in, am I adding to the problem or am I part of the solution? Right. Have, so we did do a study called Twitter before and after Trump. Mm. And we, and, and I will not, we won't seg into politics here, but you know, we, we were able to look at kind of the climate and the people who use these services. And when Twitter instituted a ban, um, were there any changes and, and was it different? And um, it really just gave some insight into how much people are using, how much people are using these social media platforms mm-hmm. and how much time they spend. And um, we have to acknowledge how much that shapes us. Right, right. Speaking of shaping, uh, what advice would you give to aspiring women podcasters? Well, I think if they are here, that is the first that's the first great step. Um, I think, you know, and, and not being a podcaster myself, I, I feel like I speak such from the perspective of an, of a listener versus a creator that I don't know that I'm the best person to answer that. I think I would say, understand that this is an arena from, from everything I know that is accessible and it feels like a place where there's plenty of support. And so any, um, reticence or, um, hesitancy maybe should be disregarded because there, there seems to be a great deal of help. Um, so I feel like this is a, a, a space that has plenty of room to be explored. All right. Where, uh, one more, um, time, we're going to say where people can find more information, um, about Edison research. Sure. So you can go to edisonresearch.com. Um, you can Google Edison research, um, podcast listener survey, which will take you to our podcast report. You can also look up Tom Webster, I Hear Things, for his newsletter about podcasting. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Laura, we want to thank you for being here with us today and spending time on the Messages and Methods podcast. And I hope that your uh, 
keynote speech today goes swimmingly and you have lots of fun uh, feedback. And I know you were looking for a couple of laughs in there. Maybe we'll we'll just, we'll, we'll be in the audience and we'll just, we'll just promote the, uh, the laughing and the clapping. Thank you. And and help, help it along. Cue the applause, cue the laughing. Thank you. So we enjoy, uh, enjoy the conference and I hope that we'll see you again in the future. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for the Messages and Methods She Podcast Conference interview series with Shelley Carney, produced by Toby Eunice. Please subscribe, leave a great review, and look for our compilation book on Amazon soon. Share our podcast with your family and friends and discover how you can become a fabulous podcaster at agkmedia.studio or join our Facebook group, Leveraging Your Content. Check the show notes for links and resources, and please enjoy all our wonderful podcast episodes.